Welcome to our weekly three-minute therapy podcast. I'm Dr. Michael Edelstein, a clinical psychologist, and I'm here with my podcast partner, Mick Berry, an REBT expert. REBT is Rational Emotive Behavior Therapy, a what was a revolutionary approach to psychotherapy devised by Albert Ellis in 1955. And it has a few uh, simple, basic principles that it's based on. First, our emotions don't come from situations, but it, our emotions come from thinking about situations, what we tell ourselves. And uh, the Stoic philosophers many years ago discovered this and popularized that idea. Epictetus, Seneca, Marcus Aurelius uh, recognize this. And our thinking that causes emotional disturbance, such as anxiety, depression, and anger, comes from a particular type of thinking, and that's thinking in terms of demands. Must, should, supposed to, have to, demands on oneself. I must do well and get approval, or, or else I'm no good. You must treat me well, otherwise you're no good, and my life must be fair, easy, and hassle-free. Go well, or else my life is horrible. So when you escalate your preferences into those demands, then you create emotional and behavioral disturbance for yourself. So that's rationally motive behavior therapy that all our podcasts revolve around. Mick, did you want to add anything to uh, those basic ideas? No, that's um, pretty much it. It's demand okay. ourselves, other people, or the world. Yes. Yeah. Okay, great. And today we're discussing grief. And I'll start off by uh, highlighting that grief has a few elements. The first is uh, you have a goal. And with grief, normally you could grieve, grieve about various things, but normally grief is focused on the loss of someone you care about. So your goal would be not to lose this person to sickness or death. And uh, so, so the loss matters, and then it makes sense when you have this loss to conclude, since I prefer this not happen, this is very bad, very unfortunate, very sad, and you feel sad, sorrow, and you grieve. But uh, when we escalate our preferences into demands, must, then you turn grief into depression. This must not happen. This is awful. I can't stand it. I can't live a happy life with this loss in my life. And uh, that uh, leads to emotional disturbance unnecessary emotional disturbance because you can change your thinking and give up your must. Mick, did you want to add anything or say anything about the cause of grief versus um, depression? Well, I, I think that one of the distinguishing factors about our 
self-defeating emotions rather than self-helping is self-defeating are all encompassing and all consuming so that when we are grieving the loss of a love we could be thinking this is really painful that they're not here anymore it's very difficult i'm finding it very uh emotionally overwhelming to the extent that it's all i'm thinking about and that is still grief if you're you're finding more or less your mind is dwelling on somebody who has died or you've um been rejected by a lover and if you find that that's the majority of your time spent then that still is grief as long as you are seeing this particular thing as being unnerving or difficult or painful but if you take it to where you conclude that all of life is no good because of this that is when it enters self-defeating thinking and uh, possibly self-defeating behavior by giving up on the things that you would best do in order to take care of yourself. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, uh, one way to distinguish, as Mick is saying, between uh, grief and depression is whether it's all-consuming, then it's probably depression. If it's just focused on this particular loss and you can still, and you still get some enjoyment out of life in other ways, then that's more likely grief and and another factor in defining or recognizing depression is depression eliminates the future whereas if you're thinking in self-helping ways you still acknowledge and you are aware that you have a future whereas depression puts us in a state of mind of everything is terrible there's no hope and i have nothing to live for Right, everything is terrible now and for my future. And yeah. for my future, right. Yeah, good point, good point. Now, some of my clients uh, have problems with uh, grief for other reasons, and that is some might think I, sh I shouldn't have any enjoyment in my life while grieving my loved one, because if I do have enjoyment, that proves I don't care. And of course, as Mick and I were saying, that doesn't prove you don't care. It just proves you don't care too much. And uh, yeah. Well, along those lines, I know of instances where somebody was dying and they instructed the people that would be left behind, please continue to live your life. And if you want to really be as close to me as possible and remember me in the way that I would prefer, it would be for you to have as much enjoyment as you continue to live. I've known people to say that to help somebody along and not just being absorbed and losing an individual. Yes, and I could, I haven't heard Albert Ellis say that, but I certainly could imagine that he may have said that. You mean regarding his death? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, we could ask his widow, Debbie Jaffe Ellis. That would be yes, nice. exactly. Yeah, we could. Yeah. And, and then I, another, I'm I sorry. Think, I can think of one instance of that by Joe Hill, who was a union organizer and being executed. And his last statement was, waste no time mourning, organize. <laughs> very good. Very good. 
Another problem people have with grief, in addition to thinking they shouldn't be happy at all because it shows they don't care, is thinking that they shouldn't grieve so much and that it's about time they stopped grieving and moved on with their life. But as we're pointing out, if someone really, if you, someone dies you really care about, then you could be sad, maybe sad for the rest of your life when you think of missing this person. So uh, try not to be too hard on yourself with your grieving. Allow yourself to grieve and go its natural course without putting demands on it, musts and shoulds, and, and uh, how you think it should be. Yeah, um, and I have known somebody who was living with uh, somebody committing suicide, and after about a month, he said, I'm tired of sitting around crying all of the time. So it was the kind of reverse of that, where he felt this was enough grieving, and he didn't really want to encourage himself to cry because he said, I've been crying for a month. I think it's time to really, I don't want to just sit around crying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. So that's a, that would be a reasonable way to look at it. So then you could do things to move on with your life, even though it's difficult under the circumstances, push yourself to uh, go back to the way you uh, organized your day before you lost the loved one. Mm -hmm. So we've covered everything about grief that I can think of. Anything else you'd like to add, Mick? Well, just the key thing is to watch out for the demand. And with grief, I think the demand will tell me if it, it would be almost always this, Michael, life should not be this difficult. I can't stand life being this difficult or being this painful. Uh, we yes. just think that that is the demand people generally make when they are having self-defeating thoughts around grief? I think it's certainly one of them. Uh, there are normally three demands, as we said earlier, demand on oneself, demand on others, and the demand on situations. So you're pointing out the demand on situations. But some people are creative enough to have a demand on the person who died. They shouldn't have. They shouldn't have died and left me uh, in this state of affairs. Well, uh, so I uh, just want to finish, Rick. So uh, that's another one to look out for. So look for the three musts: a demand on oneself, others, and situations. Yes, Mick. Well, I know some people in that situation of where somebody committed suicide, where they were very angry, and I myself have experienced that with somebody who committed suicide being very angry at the person, which doesn't serve me at all. Right. Makes makes very little sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good. Uh, I think that was a good episode. And I rarely hear psychologists talk about grief and how to deal reasonably with grief. So I think this was a very important one. Oh, I thought there was a lot of grief counselors out there. Uh, I'm not actually, I'm not familiar. I know one. I don't know of any others, actually. And uh, I hope they this one deals with it in a reasonable, rational way and, and has an REBT slant on it. 
<laughs> okay, so we'll be here again next week. So comment below if you have any thoughts. Uh, give us a thumbs up if you like this or got some good ideas from what Vic and I discussed. Suggest subjects that you'd like us to address. Volunteer. We've had volunteers on our on our podcast. If you'd like to discuss a problem of your own, a problem of someone else's, a theoretical question about REBT, uh, we welcome having you. And subscribe to the Three Minute Therapy podcast to stay on the rational side of life.